Hello and welcome to the IT Governance Podcast for Friday the 14th of July 2023. Here's the news. The European Commission has now granted the United States an adequacy decision in relation to the new EU-US data privacy framework, thereby allowing organisations to transfer EU residents' personal data to the US without the need for additional safeguards. On Tuesday, President Ursula van der Leyen said... The new EU-US data privacy framework will ensure safe data flows for Europeans and bring legal certainty to companies on both sides of the Atlantic. Following the agreement in principle I reached with President Biden last year, the US has implemented unprecedented commitments to establish the new framework. Today we take an important step to provide trust to citizens that their data is safe, to deepen our economic ties between the EU and the US, and at the same time to reaffirm our shared values. It shows that by working together we can address the most complex issues. Unsurprisingly, the privacy rights campaigner Max Schrems, whose legal action derailed the framework's two predecessors, the Safe Harbor Scheme and the EU-US Privacy Shield, announced that his organisation Noib, or None of Your Business, would challenge the decision, because the framework is, he said, largely a copy of the failed Privacy Shield. Schrems commented, They say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Just like the Privacy Shield, the latest deal is not based on material changes, but by political interests. He continued, We now had harbours, umbrellas, shields and frameworks, but no substantial change in US surveillance law. The press statements of today are almost a literal copy of the ones from the past 23 years. Just announcing that something is new, robust or effective doesn't cut it before the Court of Justice. We would need changes in US surveillance law to make this work, and we simply don't have it. Expressing his frustration at what he calls legal ping-pong, Schrems said, We currently expect this to be back in the Court of Justice by the beginning of next year. This means a decision by the Court of Justice of the European Union would be likely by 2024 or 2025. This podcast will of course keep you informed of any developments relating to what will, I'm sure, soon be known as Schrems 3. Meanwhile, the UK and US have reached a commitment in principle for a UK extension to the data privacy framework, creating what the UK government calls a data bridge between the two countries, which will allow UK residents' personal data to be transferred to the US without the need for other transfer mechanisms. Chloe Smith MP, who's the Secretary of State for Science, Innovation and Technology, while Michelle Donnellan MP is on maternity leave, commented... Data bridges not only offer simpler avenues for the safe transfer of personal data between countries, but also remove red tape for businesses of all sizes and allow them to access new markets. International collaboration is key to our science and technology superpower ambitions, and working with global partners like the United States ensures we can open new opportunities to grow our innovation economy. Further news about Moveit Transfer, Progress Software's managed transfer software, which was breached by the Russian Klopp ransomware gang on the 27th of May and resulted in numerous data breaches, affecting the likes of British Airways, the BBC and Ofcom, as we discussed in our 16th of June podcast. Progress has now issued patches for three new vulnerabilities in Moveit Transfer, which were likely discovered as part of its security assessment after the May breach. CVE 2023-36934 is a critical SQL injection vulnerability that could allow an authenticated attacker to gain unauthorized access to the Moveit Transfer database. CVE 2023-36933 covers multiple other SQL injection vulnerabilities that, again, could allow an authenticated attacker to gain unauthorized access to the Moveit Transfer database. And CVE 2023-36932 is a vulnerability that allows attackers to invoke a method that results in an unhandled exception, which can cause the Moveit Transfer app to terminate.
A post on Progress Software's community board explains that users who've applied the patches issued in May can simply run the latest update package. If you still haven't applied the earlier patches, you'll need to install them before these new ones will work. Talking of CVE numbers, it was Patch Tuesday this week. I don't think I've done a Patch Tuesday roundup for a while, so here's a quick summary of some of the most severe CVEs. That's common vulnerabilities and exposures, in case you weren't sure. Microsoft lists 130 CVEs this month, including nine vulnerabilities that are being actively exploited. Of these, CVE 2023-36884 is arguably the most severe, as there's no patch available yet. It's a remote code execution vulnerability affecting Windows and Office products. If a victim opens a malicious document, their machine could be compromised. This vulnerability is being exploited as part of a phishing campaign conducted by the threat actor known as Storm0978. You can find more information in Microsoft Security's blog, Storm0978 Attacks Reveal Financial and Espionage Motives. CVE 2023-32046 is an elevation of privilege vulnerability affecting Microsoft's MSHTML platform, which is used by Internet Explorer mode in Microsoft Edge, as well as other applications through web browser control. CVE 2023-32049 is a Windows Smart Screen security feature bypass vulnerability that allows attackers to bypass the Open File security warning prompt if a user clicks on a malicious URL. CVE 2023-35311 allows attackers to bypass the Outlook security notice prompt after clicking on a link, and CVE 2023-36874 is a Windows error reporting service elevation of privilege vulnerability, which could allow attackers to gain administrator privileges. For further details about these and other CVEs, I recommend the Zero Day Initiative blog. Google doesn't do Patch Tuesday, but on Wednesday it released its monthly patches, including fixes for 46 software vulnerabilities, the most severe of which is a critical security vulnerability in the Android system component that could lead to remote code execution with no additional execution privileges needed. User interaction is not needed for exploitation. And Apple has released what it calls a rapid security response, in other words, an emergency patch, to fix a zero-day arbitrary code execution vulnerability affecting iOS 16.5.1 and macOS Ventura 13.4.1. That was the news. And that's it for this time. We're taking a short break for the summer, but we'll return on the 10th of August for what I think, unless I've miscounted, is our 200th episode. Talking of summer holidays, a quick reminder that when people are away, you might find your security risks increasing. So it's a good idea to keep on top of the threats you face, identify and fix vulnerabilities in your systems and software, and put plans in place so that if the worst does happen, you can handle it, even if half your security team is sunning itself on a beach. IT Governance's penetration testing, incident response planning, and data breach management services will help you cover all those important points to help keep you secure over the summer. Visit our website for more information. So, until the 10th of August, you can get in touch with us either by leaving a comment on the blog or via Twitter at ITGovPod, that's my account, or at ITGovernance. Our archive is on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and you can find everything you need to implement and maintain cybersecurity defense in depth on our website, itgovernance.co.uk. 